This is the way shit is done in Hollywood. So just relax. We're just going to talk to you about Yeah, that just calm down, okay. Leah. I mean, okay. I'll good calm God, down. look at you. You're jumping out of your skin. Yes. Just calm down. Okay, I'll try. All right, now. But like I told Nick, this is like a second Christmas, you know, so I can hardly contain myself. A second Christmas? Right. All right, just right. hang on just a second. <laughs> okay. Welcome back to the podcast. Mark Ripito here. And uh, today we're talking to Leah Lutz, our friend in Santa Cruz, California. Leah, what what is this shit about a second Christmas? What do you what do you what do you mean by a second Christmas? A second Christmas? Just that I woke up this morning and realized I mean, I get to do the podcast <laughs> with Rip. So I wouldn't get all excited about that necessarily. It's like paying a bill. <laughs> oh, oh, today I get to pay my no, 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 no. gas Way bill. Better That's, than that. <laughs> what a, what is that little creature on the thing behind you up above your little head there? That ceramic goozer? With spies oh, us. that's a horse. It's a horse, yeah. Appaloosa-looking yeah. horse. You know, some antiques back there. Right. Yep. So Leah is uh, one of our friends in Santa Cruz. She's been hanging around with us for a very long time. She's been trying to become a starting strength coach. And word on the street is that I think you probably are in. That's wh- I, we, word we, on the street. We hope so. Excellent. Uh, Excellent. Yeah, I think yeah. you. I think that you turned us in a pretty good exam. We'll be getting back with you on that shortly. But be Perfect. be optimistic. All right. So okay. Leah okay. is uh, 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 a power lifter and a very good power lifter. And uh, uh, but but the fascinating thing about this is that it has not always been this way. Tell us your story, Lee. Well, I'm definitely not a lifetime athlete, Um, not an active person at all, really, until recently, was significantly overweight as an adult and gained more and more weight until I was quite decidedly morbidly obese. So what did you Uh, weigh at your PR? What was your PR body weight? (laughs) 265. 265. Yes, sir. On a little cute... Five foot three person. Yes. Two sixty five. Two sixty five. Yes. And so and you woke up one morning and said, Holy shit. Uh, we yeah. can't have this. Is that <laughs> kind of the process of, of uh is that what happened? Almost, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean obviously when you're that size, you you're not okay with it. So it's not something that I was happy about, but Spent a lot of time wasting my time trying this, trying that, um, failing to make progress more often than not. Um, so I decided I had to, I, I did almost wake up one morning and said, this is going to be hard, but I have to fix it. So I tried to do everything I could, decided I better just kind of go all out instead of just trying a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So um yeah, I joined a, a gym, worked harder than I've ever worked before, tried to clean up my diet, made a lot of progress, stalled, tore my rotator cuff, had surgery, 
And then that's when I started really seriously strength training after my surgery. Well, we first saw you, if I remember correctly, it was in Seattle in... Uh, yes. Was that 2012 or 13? When was that? Probably 13. 2013. Uh, that yeah. was your first uh, interaction with uh, our organization. And uh, we were impressed with you at the time, but I don't believe you were quite ready at that point. What, no. uh, um, let's see, what uh, prompted you to come to the Starting Strength Seminar up there, and how did that subsequently make a difference in your approach to this problem? So that was pretty early on in my strength training. Um, I was... Uh, I had decided to compete in my first competition, but I had not had a lot of instruction in the lifts. Um, I did a lot of the work on my own or received video instruction or, you know, help there here and there. And, but I was loving it. So I decided I better go and learn all I could about it. So I went to Seattle intending just to become a better lifter, find out as much as I could about the starting strength model and improve. And then it was after that, that I kept understanding more of the lifts and the coaching model, the cues, all of that started working with people in my own gym. And then that's when I later chose to go back to a seminar to try to pursue the certification. Well, uh, at this point in time, uh, you should be well along your way to coaching some people, right? How many people are you yes. coaching right now? Uh, at any given, well, I, I teach uh, some strength classes. So I generally have about 15 to 20 people that I'm coaching right now. Yeah. Well, and let's, and let's finish. They cycle through. Let's finish that sentence. Uh, your PR body weight was 265. Yes. What are you weighing now? I hang out about 150 now. My lowest was when I competed at 138. Right. And what are your yeah. lives? So at uh, USA Nationals, I squatted 325. That's USAPL Nationals. Yeah, right. the Nationals, yeah, yes. But at USAPL, right, where, yes. where depth is judged. Right. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yes, yes. Right. So I squatted 325. And then I benched, I believe it was 170, mm -hmm. and deadlifted 336. And that took you how long? Three years? Four years? Yes. But three years? That was just, uh, yeah, just under three years. Well, that's quite a transformation. That's yeah. quite, a, quite a transformation. I never, ever would have expected it. Well, yeah. and most other people wouldn't have either because I'm sure you're aware of the statistics. Right. Very. Uh, yes. Fat people tend to stay fat people. Yes. And it, it's yes. not that they cannot markedly change their physiology. It's that they will not markedly change their physiology. And it's uh, uh, the, you know, the, the, the psychology of a fat person is different than the psychology of, say, you now. And, and yes. that's why this yes. is such a remarkable story, because typically when, when a, a fat person comes in my gym, and I've watched this for almost 40 years now, fat person comes in the gym, the vast, overwhelming 
majority of those people will always be fat people because they yes. refuse to do what it takes to stop being fat people. And it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that you can't lose a bunch of weight because obviously you can. You have. Right. You have. Yes. You're, you're half yes. the weight you used to be. You're exactly. half of your previous size. It can be done. The, the problem is, is they just won't do it. They won't do it. Fat people, when you see a fat right. person, what you see is a person who lacks the self-discipline to do things they don't want to do, even for a short period of time. And I don't say that to be ugly to fat people, but that is, that is the case. How many times have we both talked to fat people that, and the first thing out of their mouth is, well, I really don't eat that much. Well, right. you know what? Uh, yeah, you do. You, you yeah, must. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Because this is, exactly. just, this is just calories in, cal- calories out, pretty much. That's the, that's the math. Uh, yeah, you eat too much. You, you can tell that shit to your mother-in-law, but you can't tell it to me. And you certainly can't tell it to Leah. So what did you do yes. to fix this? I was, I was shocked at how mental the whole process was. I mean, I knew I had to change my diet. I knew I was going to have to exercise more. But I definitely was not prepared with the mental battles of sticking with it, of choosing day in and day out to not give up, realizing that when push comes to shove, what I needed to do was actually pretty simple. Um, It's really not that complicated to eat less and move more. I realized that this was something that I had to keep working at. I could not give up. Um, It's easy to compare myself to other people. It's easy to think that I should be able to get by with less work. Other people may not have to do what I had to do, but the reality was I really had to face every single day that I had to make the right choice to change my life. And um, sometimes because of my old habits, like you said, I was fully aware of the fact that what it's like 95% of people who are overweight don't keep the weight off, I think is the statistic. It's at least that high. It's to the point where doctors will just tell people, you can't lose weight. Let's go ahead and chop your stomach out. Exactly. And right. that's because that's you're not going to lose weight. And and for most people that's true. It right. really is. You're just not going to yeah. do it. Yeah. And while when I began the journey, even 3 years ago, um my thought was this is so big. This is so massive of a problem. This is so off so rare that anyone actually loses weight and keeps it off that I thought this it, it's I don't know. I don't think I could ever do it. It just seemed um, too difficult, but I decided, almost like you said earlier, well, I'm going to try it. I've got to do it. Um, I am a teacher. I was talking a lot to my students about doing hard things, (laughs) (laughs) tackling tackling assignments that they didn't want to do or that they didn't think they could do. Um, And I was just kind of hit in the face with the fact that this was something that I could do and that I, I owed it to myself to take care of my health. And so I figured, okay, I got to do it. 
Well, it doesn't matter how hard it is. The, the interesting thing is that you chose to ins- involve yourself with the sport of powerlifting at some yes. point in this process. Is it, uh, uh, is it possibly due to the fact that you had performance goals in mind that kept yes. you focused on, on, this, on this process? Uh, 100%. Right. I think that, it, and I think you'll find that a lot of people that, that get this done actually uh, have displaced the uh, uh, the aesthetic goal of losing weight uh, into second and placed uh, a performance objective uh, in front of that. And I think that probably helps quite a bit with uh, maintaining the goal because losing five pounds you can't see that no but making your squat go up five pounds you can exactly right and so many times it was being under the bar seeing that progress knowing that i was getting stronger feeling i was getting stronger seeing that very tangible progress that kept you go kept me going because for a long time even though there was weight loss i didn't see it in myself so um even though it was happening, you know, I, it wasn't registering in my brain, but I knew I was getting stronger. I knew I enjoyed that. I knew without a doubt I was making progress and that definitely kept me going. It was pretty early on in my strength training that Jordan convinced me to enter a powerlifting meet. And the, you know, he made it really clear that the first goal was to enter the 165 class, that it really didn't matter what my total was at that point, but um, I was going to enter a meet, and I was going to be 165. You're going to weigh in at 165, and total be damned. Well, yeah. then this seems to be a, a, an effective mechanism, right? <laughs> right. The, the, the substitution of one related goal for another one. And how many times have you been successful at advising other people to do the same thing. To enter this may a be a, to, to displace <laughs> the goal of weight loss for the goal oh, of yes. performance. Yes, so that's a, I, I, I try to encourage people to do that quite a bit. And I think that's one of the things that works really well in my gym with the people that I'm working with. Um, and even some of the people that I've met here and there, encouraging them to recognize that Um, If it's only the scale, like you said, if it's only aesthetics, that gets pretty, um, pretty difficult to maintain. But once it's much larger than that, and you realize it's not just, uh, I mean, aesthetics do matter, but it's definitely not just about how I look um, or what the scale says, but it really is about becoming a stronger person. And then in the end, I end up feeling way, uh, just so much better about myself. in a lot of ways because i know i've conquered a number of things not just the scale but i've gone into the gym and i've done really hard things i've gone in and been scared to squat and i've done it um all of those accomplishments add up and give you the confidence that you need to keep going um when a lot of times you don't have confidence without those goals being met right the uh, accumulation of adaptation is is essentially our definition of training and as it turns out, you get more than just physically strong, don't you? Yes, yes, one hundred percent. Well, tell us about uh, t- tell us about the process of trying to become a starting strength coach. What motivated you to 
change careers, essentially, <laughs> because th this is essentially what you've done. Yeah. You, well, you've gone from being one kind of a teacher to another right. kind of teacher. Yes, yes. And so in a lot of ways, it fits really well because I absolutely love teaching. Um, but because of everything I've gone through, I recognized that learning how to lift uh, was so transformative for me. And then as I have so many conversations with other people, in particular, not just women, but in particular with women who are pretty scared to go into the gym on their own, um, who are intrigued by the idea of getting stronger, of being healthier, being more confident with who they are and how they move, um, I started to realize there were a lot of people that I could be helping out and I love it. So um, the opportunity to keep teaching, to help people who are looking for some direction seems pretty clear to me. Well, I love the idea. And you obviously are, are good at uh, several aspects of, of this and right. uh, we're happy to have you on our side. You know, Thank you. I, you, you may not know this, but we're going to be in Santa Cruz. <laughs> Here yes. in February, did you know we were coming to Santa Cruz? I, I do know, and there's, I am there's very in, excited. One about of it. about twenty-five or thirty CrossFit affiliates that that are in Santa. Apparently, everyone in Santa Cruz, by city ordinance, is required to have a membership at a CrossFit facility. Exactly. And as a result, we picked one at random, and we're going out there, and yes. uh, we will be uh, in the vicinity in. Uh, I believe that's the first weekend in February. Yes. Five, six, yes. seven. Uh, those of you who uh, are on the West Coast and didn't get a shot at uh, entering our LA seminar in January uh, should make your plans right now to attend the uh, Santa Cruz seminar first weekend in February. Exactly, uh, because you're going to be there and I'm going to be there. Hey, so we're all going to be there. What a exactly, deal. Right. What yeah. a deal. It'd be like a live version of this of this exactly. podcast and then right. we'll just i'll bring my checkbook and we'll pay the gas bill at the same time perfect excellent excellent <laughs> leah thank you so much for being with us today thank you for what you've accomplished and thanks for sharing your story with us you're welcome appreciate thanks for your, having me on appreciate your coming on and thank you Definitely. for watching our podcast we'll see you next time